God wants you to prosper, not somebody else, not someone down the street, but he wants you to prosper. He promises to be our exceeding great reward. God has a great plan for you. Third John, verse two, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Dr. Shanta. And again, today I have a wonderful guest that I am just so excited to introduce you to. And that's Mr. Dwayne Massenberg. Uh, we go way back, but I'm going to let Dwayne introduce himself. He is truly a featured guest and I am honored. So Dwayne, go ahead and tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Well, hello, Dr. Shanta. I just, I'm glad to be on here with you. We go way back. We go back to the time when we were walking the streets in Atlanta, calling ourselves Christians, trying to evangelize people, and we probably didn't know <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. Know. All we knew I, is we God loved. Was in it. <laughs> yeah, he was in it, and all we knew is we loved the Lord. I have been pastoring since 2003. Uh, I've been a senior pastor at two churches. And uh, prior to that, I think I filled just about every role that could be filled in the uh, Baptist church. I've done quite a few things trying to serve the Lord. And there was one time in my life I actually said I was gonna get, I was gonna leave the church alone. I was just gonna go to church and take my family and come home and I wasn't gonna be involved anymore. That was pretty much just before the Lord started taking me on a journey. <laughs> All right. Well, he will do that. Won't, won't he do it? Yes, he, he will. make you change your mind. Well, let me ask you this. You said a little bit about there was a point in time where you wanted to walk away, but you didn't. What really mm -hmm. led you to starting to work within the church to begin with? I was reared in the church. My mother and father always took me to church. It was just something that I did and it was in my heart. So when I went to college, when I went to undergrad, um, I took a course in public speaking. And in that course in public speaking, the class would uh, critique the speech. And I gave a speech on self-image and attitude one time. I was going to take over the world. I was going to do everything. And this one guy put on my little critique that you'll be disappointed. And when he put that on my critique, I met him in the bookstore about two or three, two or three days later, and we started talking and it was like somebody pouring cold water on my back. That quarter, I dropped all my classes. I kept my aerobics class and I kept that public speaking class. And that quarter is the first time I actually started reading the Bible for myself. I, I read a third of the Bible for myself and that started my journey. We all have to come to the knowledge of who God is for ourselves That's and right. we grow up in the church sometimes we have that false impression that we're okay but mm -hmm. we know that god has no grandchildren he only That's has right. children so That's you have to exactly know right. him for yourself <laughs> absolutely right and that's kind of what led you into hey i'm going into ministry because i started reading for myself well not exactly okay. <laughs> i started reading for myself and that led me to this Bible study at uh, Georgia Tech. I graduated, went to a church. They ordained me as a deacon. I was in my 20s. We had 
uh, seven deacons at the time they ordained me. Okay. And three years later, we were down to three deacons. Three of them had died and one had moved away. There were a lot of other things going on at the time with pastors messing up and doing this and doing that. And the pastor that I had at the church I was going to started doing some things that were a little shady. At that time, my two youngest kids were real young and I was in the corporate world. Fortunately, I prayed, I prayed. It was hard on me because I felt like I was responsible because I was a deacon and I had to stand up for the people. But at the same time, I actually wanted to leave the church because of all the stuff that was going on. So it was a great turmoil. But bottom line is the corporation I was working for moved me. And uh, once they moved me, that's the point in my life where I said, I'm through with it. I'm not dealing with these church folk. <laughs> I'm just going to take my young family to church, let my kids get taught, and I'm done with it. But then as time went on, we, we relocated again with the company I was with, got back in the church. The Lord wouldn't let me leave. It was on my heart. That period of time was probably about 10 years in my life before I uh, accepted my calling into the ministry. Mm. We all typically run a little bit, don't we? Just yeah. can't get so far, you know, <laughs> it's that long leash. Yeah. But it's a good thing because uh, we never know what giftings God has placed on the inside of us. And he tends to bring them all out. He says, right. have these treasures in earthen vessels and we don't know how he's going to do it or why some things do happen, but we have the opportunity to help others. Well, mm. I want to kind of move over because I really appreciate you being in the ministry. Let me say ministry is not easy. Mm -hmm. And you've kind of alluded to that same fact, but you wrote a book. I want to jump into that because the name of the book is Why America Needs to Repent. Mm. Now, that title in and of itself has a lot of information in it, in a wealth of information within the book. Can you tell us just a little bit about the book? I mentioned that I was a senior pastor of two congregations. Mm -hmm. And because of all that I've been through and all that the Lord, uh, the journey the Lord took me on, I realized that there are a lot of people that go to the building that do not know God. A lot of people actually work in the building, but they still don't know God. Um, okay, I want to tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> at each level, I kind of thought it's going to be better at the next level. Mm. When I was first a deacon, I thought, okay, now, you know, there were older deacons around me because I told you I was in my 20s. I said, okay, they're pretty much going to take care of things. I'm the youngster. Everything's going to be all right. Didn't work out like that. They were talking about each other every time I saw them. And being a senior pastor and seeing some of the politics, even as a senior pastor, some of the things that people are, are doing and going through and how congregations disrespect the past. Now, I know there are some things that there, it's, it's just like everything else. There are some people who, who are in it for different reasons, but there, but the Bible says mm -hmm. that I will give you pastors. 
Uh, After the, my own heart, yes. That's right. The, the Bible says that God is the one that ordained pastors. So these pastors that are doing the best they can to live the life and teach people about God, those pastors should be respected. And unfortunately, uh, it's sad. And so I saw a lot of that. What really led me to the book, I was pastor in my last church. Mm -hmm. And we used to have an evangelism ministry and we went out and we would, you know, talk to people. Do you love the Lord? Do you know the Lord? Yeah. Do you, what, do you, I, I said, do you, do you know him? Not do you know about him? Right. We would pray with people on the street, all this. And then one day I ran into these two boys, their father was in prison and their mother was on drugs. And so I knew in my heart that these young men had nowhere to really get any training from that was going to protect their life and train them in, what, in the way they should go. The Bible says train them in the way they should go and they were not. Well, who was going to train them? Right. Who was going to train these two boys? There was nobody there. They had family, but at the time I met them, they were staying, they were spending most of their time at a house where there were a couple of people that, you know, were young themselves. And so I started talking to the boys, get, trying to get them to come to church. They came to church. I was paying them just to learn a Bible verse. Just come, just come. Mm -hmm. And they came for a little while, actually had about five or six of their friends that started coming with them. And I was excited. But then the oldest of the young boys told the youngest one, it's not worth it because somebody else had gotten to them in the street and told them how they could make more money. Well, I want to tell you that broke my heart. It, it tore me up. It tore me up. I, I knew that at that moment, I felt like I had personally lost those boys. And then I also felt like the congregation I was pastoring, mm -hmm. they were not able, their pockets weren't deep enough to be able to save those boys. That's what led me to my ministry, which is Christians United, trying to get Christians to work together regardless of what congregation they belong to, trying to put God out here in the world uh, via billboards, via ads, via whatever, and trying to help families where they're really needed, where they really need it. The, my love for those boys, and then following that up, I mentioned that I had grandkids, realizing at that point, having been a senior pastor, it doesn't matter whether you go to a church where there are 50 members or whether you go to a church where there are 2,000 members. Your little congregation the people that need to hear about the word are not coming inside the building. We need to be able to reach them outside of the building. Right. And the love for the people that I have is what led me to know that the only way I'm really going to be able to, for God to use me to really help not only those boys, but my grandchildren, uh, and this country as a whole is to get more people to be serious about God. Okay. And so <laughs> the, 
that's how the Holy Spirit led me to look at our current culture and our current lifestyle, uh -huh. compare it to what's really in the book. <laughs> and so that's how uh, we came up with why America needs to repent. <laughs> because we are, uh, you know, we all know we're a long way from Adam and Eve in the garden, right? God gave them a perfect place to live and they messed it up, right? Yes. But when you stop and look at what God really even intends for us now that he has sent Jesus Christ and he wants us to have an abundant life, yes. everything that he has put in place in his word is still there for, him, for us to have a, an abundant life. Yes. But because we are not living the way he wants us to live, we're like walking up to the prison guard and saying, here, please put these handcuffs back on me. I just got to have them back on me. We don't, we don't. And it's because we're not living like God wants us to live. That's how it all came about. You said a mouthful and there is so much there and I know we can't touch it. My heart is, you know, to help those when it comes to the economic side, for sure. Right. And I do mine biblically based as well. But the fact of the matter is, you're right. John 10, 10 says that he died for us to have this abundant life while we're here on this earth. We get the right. eternal life on the other side. But you, you've covered so much. You talked about this ecclesiastical abuse. And I just kind of want to touch there a little bit because you said it. There are some good pastors out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I recognize and we should recognize that everyone is human. Yes. And vessels yet again. So sometimes they will make mistakes. But in many instances, some have called themselves, some allowed their mothers to call them or friends to call them. And they're not supposed to be in that position. God is right. the one that does call, ordain, and assign you to do that. I, I tell my friends all the time because I'm the you know, owner of Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, but is not a church building. I am not a pastor. He didn't call me like that. I'm like Moses. I ain't birthed not nary one of these children. Okay, this is gonna work for me. I understand. But I like to come alongside and assist other churches in helping them get to where they need to go. And I really think this book is going to do the same. But for a moment, let's just say, our pastors are working hard. Mm -hmm. the real ones and they're accountable for our souls mm -hmm. that's a heavy responsibility mm -hmm. and the bible says in james 3 1 desire not to be many masters because you mm -hmm. will have the stricter condemnation you're going to be judged for that so i'm glad that's in the book and i know your whole premise and purpose is for us to consider what we need to do once you bring these things to light and you're yeah. talking about a lot when we look at our leadership are we submitting to the leadership and that doesn't mean that we're slaves to them at all mm -hmm. but are we acknowledging and revering them in a manner of speech if you would we're supposed to share with them our carnal things if they're giving us their spiritual and mm -hmm. We recognize that, but there's so many who would want the pastor to not only 
work 24 seven in the church and be at every birthday, every death, every graduation, every everything, mm -hmm. and then turn around and have a full-time job so that they can pay for it. Yeah. That's not fair. Now, is that mm -hmm. covered in the book? Yeah, yeah. There's a chapter on... <laughs> There's a chapter on pastor and clergy and uh, clergy and priest abuse, where we uh, we believe that you know, as you said, that the pastor should do everything. And at the same time, the difficult part of that is, if you look at Moses and you look at how God used him, mm -hmm. God told Moses what was going to be the next step. Yes. He didn't send a bunch of angels and spread it to all the people so they could all know. He told Moses, Yes, he right? Mm -hmm. That's That same theme is throughout all the Bible. When, when, when God wanted the church to start, he, he told Peter. Peter was the one that spoke up after he had denied Jesus. He's the one that spoke up mm -hmm. in the book of Acts and said, this is that day that Jesus was talking about. You know, and so God uses people at a certain time. And when you, when the pastor says, I have a vision because we need to do something to actually help some people. Yeah. It shouldn't be no question about those things. Right. Now, I understand if it's a question about whether or not to have blue carpet or red carpet or a silver chandelier or a gold chandelier, that's cosmetics. That's fine. Congregation can talk about that all they want to. But if a pastor has an initiative for something that's going to help people, mm -hmm. that's going to, I like to say, save souls or change lives. Okay. If the pastor has something that's along those lines, all the people from the, from the uh, uh, chairman of the deacon board right on down should say, how do you want us to try to handle it, Pastor? Or how can we start it, Pastor? How can we get it going, Pastor? That's all it should be said. Because that's what the Bible is. That's what that's specifically what God calls pastors for. You mentioned something else about um, I have a chapter in there about the Holy Spirit. And it is so important because you will hear people say, well, you know, I'm not perfect. Well, I'm only human. Well, you know, uh, but that's a lie. Because the moment you get the moment you get baptized, the Holy Spirit get comes inside of you. And when the spirit comes inside of you, then what you're saying is you are denying that spirit. That spirit has no power over you. So so you are allowing the lie of the flesh and the lie of Satan to keep you believing that you don't have any power. But the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And denying that is one of the things we need to repent for. We need to recognize that we have a spirit inside of us. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in me. That's right. Than he that is in the world. If we allow ourselves to then, like it, like it says in Philippians, to think on, you know, the things we should be thinking on, right. then we can allow our spirit to grow to where it needs to be. Yeah. What's the other things? True, honest, just, pure, lovely. Those are the things we should be thinking on instead of 
what we keep watching on TV that we know Jesus wouldn't be proud of, no. what we keep listening to on the radio that we know uh, uh, the good Lord will turn the mess off in a heartbeat, right? But now we keep on thumping and letting it get in our system. And then when we do something, we say, well, I'm just human. When we act ugly, we say, oh, well, you know, I got up on the wrong side of the bed. That's not an excuse. No. Not if you call yourself Christian. <laughs> so yeah. it's a lot of things we need to repent for. It's a, and I'm sorry, I'm probably talking too much. It's a lot of things that we need to look at the book, mm -hmm. meaning the Bible. Yes. We need to look at the Bible and relook at what's happening in our culture and see if there are some things that, you know, and this is what the book invites people to do. Okay. And and I say in the preface that I don't want I don't want this to be you know a, a book that people get and they want you to be so excited about it that you want to read the whole book all in one sitting. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I want people to take this book and perhaps read one chapter a week, go over it with their families, go over it in a Bible study, and actually say, if we're serious about God, okay. And I believe the Holy Spirit has given me some insight, because I look at the whole Bible, not just part of it, but you, you, some insight to actually look at some things from the Old Testament to the New Testament, what God intends as far as how we should be living, okay. and then compare it to how we are living in our American culture. Because our culture is a mess. Yes. <laughs> it's a mess. So, I mean, you still said a whole lot there. I know you yeah. told me there's like 42 chapters in this book and each yeah. one of them has something specific for you to contemplate so that you can see if you're lining up with the book. That's right. The Bible, the book, right. not any other book. And yes, our culture does add a whole lot of differences to it. So we're going to look at the atmosphere. We're going to look at number one, our relationship with God. If you really want a good relationship and you want to follow, you're going to deal with the fruit of the spirit. And one of them is discipline, self-control. So we're supposed to be able to do that. You talked about lifestyle, our personal actions and behaviors, the leadership, the what are we accepting? So there is so much here. I know we're not going to go through all of it. I'm not giving it away, but... <laughs> I want you, if you're part of my audience, I want you to go see Dwayne, figure out what you need to do differently so that you can live the abundant life while you're here on this earth. You know, it's one thing to say, I know I'm going to heaven, but am I taking somebody with me? Because mm -hmm. people are watching my life. And so what you're bringing is something that is truly needed, Dwayne, and I appreciate that. And let me just tell you, if you're going to Google Dwayne, spell his name right, D-W-A-N-E, Massenburg. And if you're going to get in contact with him, because the book is on its way out, by the time this shows, it might be out already. But if not, I want you to search for it. I want you to email him. His email address is one, the number one, warriorministry at gmail.com. You can get in touch with him there. He can give you all the links that you will need in order to be able to purchase this book and get right with God. That's probably what it should be called, get right with God. <laughs> but in any event, it has truly been my pleasure. There is so much we could talk about. 
I love it when we reconnect and we yes. connect on the side of not only community, but on, on the side of the Christian faith and that belief to say, we just want to help somebody. And right. I, I believe that that is what you're going to do, that lives are truly going to be changed by this. So it'll be in the show notes for sure. The email address, one warrior ministry at Gmail, as well as um, his church. And you're still, pa you're pastoring a church now, trying to get them together. Christians United Congregation. And that's at Gmail as well. If you want to email them or for their website is ChristianUnitedCongregation.org. So make sure you go see Dwayne. You get right with the Lord, no matter where you are. They, they don't have to be a part of your congregation, right? No, it's the whole theme, trying to get us, get Christians to work together, regardless of what congregation they belong to. Yeah. Amen. And yeah. I'm going to just put this plug in here for you as well, Dwayne. You didn't say it, but if you want to do a Bible study for a small group or even your entire congregation, this would be a great place to start. If it is a new believer, I'm going to say jump on board from the very beginning. If you are a seasoned saint, yes, get right, do better. We continue to grow and mature in the Lord, but we want to bring some others along with us. So I want to make sure that you do that. Let me say this. One of the things that I always tell my audience, Dwayne, is it's heart to heart truth ministries. My whole goal is to give them biblically based truth, but I want to help them put feet to their faith. So is there one tip that you would like to give, even from the book, it might be one of the, the subject matters to say, go do this, go read that, something that they can take from this particular interview and just run with it to start before they even get the book in the mail. I have the perfect answer. Okay. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew 22, uh, the, the Pharisees asked Jesus, what's the most important law of all? Mm. <clears throat> he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And he said, the second is like unto the first, love thy neighbor as thyself. If you, if you want to grow as a Christian, Jesus said, upon this hangs every law, every prophet, mm -hmm. everything. And that's, and the reason why I know this is so powerful because I know how the Lord has driven me. He's driven me by love. Mm -hmm. My love for people is what has driven me to be who I am and to do what I'm doing. And so if you... If you love your children mm -hmm. and, you know, it's going to take more than being able to uh, leave them a Mercedes or a house, right? Mm -hmm. Look at this world we live in. How are your children going to be able to be successful in this world? Or how are your grandchildren going to be able to be successful in this world if Christianity falls away? I mean, just think about that. This is how serious it has to be that we have to, we have to tap into that love that Jesus had when he came from heaven and the incarnate God came here to live with us, mm -hmm. trying to let us know who he was. 
love is the driver. Okay. So I say to your audience, I say to anybody, if you ever want, if you ever want to understand what it's really going to take, you take look at this political turmoil that we're living through in America right now. It's because it's because we've lost love. That's you. You look. You can. You you keep peeling the onion back. You can frame it however you want to frame it. But the bottom line is, love wouldn't make wouldn't let you act that way. <laughs> it wouldn't let you if you really loved people. It wouldn't let you act that way. You know, like I said, you can you can have a difference about what color the curtains need to be or the rug. But love teaches you how to treat people. Yes. So I, that's what I would leave with you. That's what I would leave with your audience. I don't want to preach. Love that. I I preach. Love, that. love yourself. See yourself through the eyes of the cross. Love your family and those around you enough to lead them and love them enough to live the life before them so that they will follow. I appreciate right. it, Dwayne. You're absolutely a fantastic guest. It has been my pleasure. And I thank you so much. Don't forget, go get the book, send him an email. You're going to be looking for it. Why America Needs to Repent. It'll probably wherever books are sold. I know because he's got that big contract coming. But in any <laughs> event, go get it for yourself. Send him an email. Tell him you saw this and get in touch with him. Ask him to talk to your congregation. Ask him to, to speak to the issues that are in the book. And there's a lot in the book. I'm not letting out the bag, but there's a lot in the book that you want to get to. So thank you so much, Dwayne. It has truly been my pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Shanta. Oh, you're absolutely <laughs> welcome. Again, I'm Dr. Shanta Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth. It has been my pleasure. Continue to put feet to your faith and walk victoriously. Hello. Talking about money can be an embarrassing issue and it can have a little bit of shame to go along with it. But if you really are ready to come out of the shadows and get into the marvelous light, truly being able to be confident and skillful in what you do with your money management, I'm your girl. I've got online classes for you. No one even has to know. Financial independence is something that you want. Financial freedom is available. Financial security should be yours. Jesus didn't die for you to financially struggle. So come on out of the shadows into the marvelous light. Get in one of these classes, Financialopoly, Financial Wisdom for Financial Freedom, which is going to give you six weeks of all the money management principles that you're going to need to know. Believe me, I'll walk you through it. You can do it. Step-by-step -step instructions on what you need to do. And then there's also Biblical Financial Personalities Masterclass. It's the principles and the practices that go along with how you authentically handle money how you deal with money, as well as why you deal with it the way that you do. And it's a Bible study. So it goes through observation, application, interpretation, as well as contemplation. So that you then, utilizing the scriptures and those principles, you can maximize what it is that you do have and secure your future, not only for yourself, but for your family. Find us online at h the number two h truth.org. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word. 
standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.